Welcome to Think Smart, Feel Smart, Live Smart. I'm V. Vincy, Registered Counselor, Relationship and Family Therapist and Founder of Headquarters Counselling Services. This podcast aims to break down the overwhelm of life and equip you with a toolbox of knowledge, tips and tricks to help you live your best life. This raw, real and unproduced podcast uses audio taken from my weekly live broadcast in the HQCS Community Facebook group. You can find a link to the community in the episode notes. It's free to join. Now let's get started. What we're going to do is start with what everybody has asked for over the last few weeks, which is self-care. And I have decided to turn this into self-care month because, quite honestly, self-care is a bloody big issue. Um, And it's a really big topic. And it's quite detailed when you look at it. You're going to get to know. So really, over the four weeks, we're going to sort of break it down into what it is and what it isn't. Um, some epic fails, some tips to success. And then I'm going to highlight two psychological self-care elements. And I'll talk a bit about them as we go along because one of them is going to have a special guest, an expert special guest, which I'm really excited about. So that's cool. Right, so let's start off with self-care. What is it and what it isn't? Okay, so... When most people ask the question, do you take care of yourself? Most of us are always going to answer yes. And, you know, some of us are even going to think, what kind of a question is that? Of course, I take care of myself. But when asked, in what ways do you take care of yourself? Well, that's where the tricky part begins. Good self-care is the key to improved mood, reduced anxiety, And it's also key to really good relationship with yourself and others. So I get why people have been asking for it. So what is self-care? The definition that I can find that I think is is simple. Self-care is any activity that we do deliberately in order to take care of our physical, mental and emotional well-being. Although that's really simple concept in theory, it's something we very often overlook. So what self-care is not? It is not about adding more to your to-do list. And it is not about an emergency response plan when stress becomes overwhelming and you're close to burnout. It needs to be a structured, implemented task and tool that you do consistently. It's not an emergency response plan. It's also not about being selfish. And I get a lot of people who really struggle with this idea of selfish. And it's really interesting that the the struggle for men and women is different. Often. I shouldn't be too general, but often it's different because we often get women who feel that it is selfish to do self-care, so they avoid it. And we get women, uh, men who appear to be selfish, and sometimes they are, but often they're actually doing self-care. They do it quite well because what they don't do well sometimes is, is take into consideration all the other elements in life. They just do what they need to do. But in a way, I sort of get a bit um, envious of the way that they can do that and not hold all this bloody guilt towards themselves which is something we're going to talk about in weeks to come. So in a few words, self-care is something that refuels us 
rather than takes away from us. Okay, so if you keep it simple like that, if you ask yourself, is this fueling me or draining me? Okay, so before we look at where to start, let's introduce the eight areas that are actually attached to self-care. So this is where I think people would have noticed a huge difference, especially in this time of crazy COVID. Some of our self-care areas have actually been removed up until recently and still in some ways, they're not all going to come back the way we used to. And whilst we may have some of them back, what I'd like to look at is whether our self-care domains have been out of whack or weighted in one area and why that's happening. So those of you who have worked with me privately will know that I like to keep things pretty simple and I generally work off three main domains with regard to self, which are your responsibility, mental, physical and emotional well-being. They're the three main ones and they can pretty much encompass everything. So there are actually three realms, uh, eight realms of self-care that we can work from. And it's here that we may have been weighting our proportions of self-care incorrectly. So we know the first three, and I'm going to give you a bit of a rundown of them. First one, physical self-care. Now, that is the way we act. So this will involve movement of the body, your health, nutrition, your sleep, rest, physical touch, anything that is body-oriented. The second one is psychological self-care. That's the way we think. It's our thoughts. It involves learning new things, applying consequential thinking, engaging our motivation, practicing mindfulness, anything creative, anything that uses your mind is, is, can be utilized as a form of self-care. Emotional self-care, the way we feel. So this can involve enhancing your emotional intimacy, navigating your emotions, increasing your empathy, managing stress effectively and developing compassion for self and for others. So that's what a little bit of what we've been doing and it's the primary space that I work out of. But over the last few weeks, that's what we've been looking at at times. So let me introduce you to the other realms of self-care. Social self-care. So that involves having supportive groups and networks of relationships around whom you trust and turn to when required. So having caring and supporting people around you builds a sense of belonging and connection. That's probably the biggest one that may have been weighted towards some of our self-care because what we've, when we've had to take away friends and family in terms of face-to-face, it's why I think most people have noticed that their self-care is lacking. All right, so I'm going to come back to that. Number five, professional self-care. Now, this is your job. It involves sharing your strengths and gifts and having clear professional boundaries. This is the whole work-life balance thing. But also it's about living your purpose. Now, I don't necessarily like that word purpose, but for me, your job is about doing something you love to do or want to do. You want to be there. You want to, if, and if that is to engage your social skills, great, you still want to be there. But you're still going to have a job to do. But if you're happy doing your job, then you're going to like who you are, who you're around, and the flow on goes in from there. Number six is environmental self-care. So this is 
your environment, your home. It can be your workspace. It can be your home. Shit, it can be your car, really. What we find with our environments is that they will often reflect, I said this today, I had a webinar today in Melbourne, and I said to somebody, we, if we've got external chaos, it can mimic the internal chaos we have. And if we've got internal chaos, we can mimic that externally. So sometimes our spaces that we live can be complete chaos. And you often find people go, I just need to get my desk in order and I'll feel better. Or I just need to clean my house or something. So environmental self-care can simply be that simple. It involves having an organised or well-maintained, clutter-free work or home environment. Okay, so that doesn't, we're not talking OCD here. We're just talking to your level of clutter-free. If it makes you feel comfortable, that is good. But it's an, it's an, uh, an element of self-care that people don't necessarily realise. The seventh one is spiritual self-care. Now, this is not about, spiritual for me is not about religion. I don't care if you're religious. I don't care what religion you are. It, you can use that religion as your spiritual base. I don't care. But if you have no religion, spirituality can still exist in your life. And in fact, it's a really important part of your life. Whatever you want that spirituality to look like is up to you. Um, you can call it whatever you like. doesn't really matter. As long as it is something that involves something you believe in, and it aligns with your values and that they are important to you and they, they can guide your life. So this can include looking at, you know, noble goals. Like there's a lot of people around that want to volunteer or they want to donate to um, organisations that build school, schools for, you know, orphan children. That's a really noble cause. And I, and I know that sounds like a really out there story, but I actually know a girl who um, I think was, what did she do? She witnessed, she witnessed something where there was homeless children in one of the African countries and she literally volunteered to go and work in Africa and built a school. Seriously, some people are just amazing. So she did that and that's part, that was part of her, well, she probably got all her eight realms in, in one hit there because once you start doing something that you believe in, this is the best bit, all the realms seem to fall into place and they connect to each other. The eighth one, and possibly the most underrated one, is financial. Financial self-care is one of the realms of, or one of the domains that contributes to self-care. This involves being responsible with your finances. And you know, your living expenses, your income, insurances, savings, whatever. It's about knowing where your money's, when it's coming in, what you've got to pay, any of those things. It's just having a conscious relationship with money, okay? So a question, does your self-care include all of the above? And if it does or doesn't, where has it been weighted and where is it out of whack? So I'm going to go over a couple of these things, especially from four to eight, because what COVID has done is I think highlight some of these areas, which is why people are noticing it more. 
So our social element, some of it got removed. So what I would like you guys to ask yourselves is, because I want, I want to look a little deeper at this, because if we've blurred some of these domains and our physical and social are starting to look like Pilates, and that's how, and is that now what we've constituted as self-care? We've got to be careful that we aren't distracting with some of our realms in here, okay? Because COVID has pulled away some of them. So we have lost some of our social interaction. We are working from home. So our professional, whilst it's still there, it's very different, which means it's out of whack for us because some of us just don't know what the hell we're doing when we're working from home, but it's also removed the social. Our environments are different. I mean, if I look at where I'm working currently, most of you, well, some of you will have been to my offices. They're beautiful. I love them. They're gorgeous. They make you feel like you're at work. I'm currently working from my bedroom. So, you know, weird. It's a weird environment to work out to work out of. And I'm actually just starting to set it up myself that's now going to become more permanent. So I've gone, oh, you know what? I can't work off the um, back table anymore that I've pulled into our bedroom. I need to get my shit sorted because I don't feel like I'm at work at the end of the day, uh, which affects my environment. My spiritual, I, I've got to say that I'm actually pretty good in that simply because of probably my job. Some of the um, factors that affected me over the last few years have made me become aware, more aware of a spiritual component of life. And I've really managed that, okay? Financial self-care. Look, everyone's in a financial, well, no, not everyone is in the financial world of pain. And this is probably the most interesting thing for me with COVID. I've got some people who have completely lost, both people in their households have lost jobs. Then I've got other people that were literally on the bones of their ass prior to COVID. And since then, their income has doubled because what they were doing is now a required source. And a lot of those are techies. So they are doubling their pay and it's it's really interesting. And I still get them to become aware of this financial component because why where they might have been looking at their financial um, issues from one side of the coin pre-COVID, just because the coin has flipped doesn't mean that they can't look at it because there needs to be an element of responsibility from either side. All right? Now... In a way, Pilates or yoga or all the like can constitute self-care. But what if they have been distracting us from real self-care? That's what I want you guys to look at. Have a look at the realms. Now, what I have done is I have put up, oh, well, there will be at some point, um, put up a link to the, uh, what is it? A handout for this week. And it's got the realms in there, so you don't have to write them down. And it's got a little bit of a spiel on it, so it reminds you what they are. But I want you to really have a look at that and, um, and actually look at where's the gap and what have I been using to fill it? Has it replenished me or is it just another thing I have to do and I still feel like I'm not looking after myself? Because if that's the answer, then... We need to look at the types of self-care and the realm that you are using and we've got to figure out, well, hang on, 
there's a gap there and we're not filling it with the right space, okay? So the type of self-care that comes from spiritual self-care and your emotional self-care involves really looking what's important in your life. And if we reflect on last week's topic, we will have learned that when asking the hard questions of life to ourselves, that we often don't like the feelings that come up uh, with them. And so we stick in Pilates. So let's go back to our definition again. Is what we are doing refueling who we are or draining who we are? I've touched on this a little bit, but I'm going to go back to it because a big area that is so often overlooked in self-care practices is financial. And financial self-care, there is possibly no greater reason for people entering my office than financial arguments. And neither party is being responsible for where they are at that point in time. And this is not about a blame. It's not about blaming each other or about making excuses. It's simply the capacity to honestly look at a situation or the situation and deal with it on some level together. All right, sounds simple. But obviously, the feelings that come up from financial issues cause bigger emotional ones. And this is what people avoid, not necessarily the financial issue, the emotional issue. And the problem with that, well, it's the chicken or the egg, what comes first? Because one contributes to the other and vice versa. And then the hamster wheel starts to roll on. You may well see elements of a lack of balance in all the areas, which shows that which will show you if you are out of balance and it's likely to affect all of them. Okay, so people come in, give you the examples. People come in with professional problems at work, but you find out there are financial issues affecting the whole thing, which then affects their social groups, their intimate relationships, leading to chaos in their environments all the way to physical issues and hitting the jackpot with psychological areas where they think shit about shit things about themselves uh, or their loved ones. Okay, that's scenario one. Scenario two, people come in with relationship problems, which is in fact a part of their social self-care and you find that there is professional imbalance here. So that's the work-life balance that starts to affect it, which can then affect their financial situation, which leads to burnout, affecting the self-care component, which once again leads to chaos in their environment. And we're back to that old chestnut, psychological thoughts, everyone's shit in their life. And then someone comes to see me because let's face it, happy people don't come to see me. And guess which areas I drag you to? Does anyone want to take a guess? Emotional and spiritual. So perhaps if we started with those as our self-care practices instead of Pilates or Tiger King, then our sense of trust and confidence in ourselves and figuring things out would be much higher. Now, the funny thing is that there are people in my industry who would say that if that happened and everyone fixed their own self-care with their emotional and, self, uh, and psychological problems, that I'd be out of a job. And why would I want that? Seriously, I want that because when you are at your emotional best, your creativity and passion are at their best. And there are huge opportunities that exist for complementing each other's passions. We just haven't tapped into it yet. Now, 
I've got to say that since this community group has started, it's been pretty cool and I've had lots of interesting things pop up. Um, and you know what? Crazy COVID has started the opportunity to create something bigger than one-to-one. And I'm jumping at the chance to bring you something that really focuses on the emotional and spiritual components of self-care while you get to balance the other ones too. But more on that in coming weeks because I'm still getting all that sorted, but it's going to be really cool. So where do you want to start now? I've attached a handout with what each area involves to give you some of the ideas that what's going to be involved in each domain. Most people have asked for self-care suggestions in the COVID space, but having an awareness of not going back to the way things were is a start in itself. So before I start adding all suggestions, because remember I've got self-care month, we're going to be doing some of that next week. Before we start doing that, I want you to look at the domains and see which ones you have in play and which ones you don't. What I often emphasise to my clients is that keeping a conscious mind is what counts. Okay, so in other words, if you don't see something as self-care or you don't do something in order to take care of yourself, it won't work as such. Be aware of what you do. Just make it conscious. Although self-care means different things to different people, there's a basic checklist and this is your challenge for the week. Set up a seven-day care routine and see how you feel before and after, all right? So use the list in the handout to set and practice your self-care way. Look at the domains and really ask yourself where you need to use this checklist. If it's financial, then have a look. It may change nothing right now, but I often say to my couples, the status quo doesn't have to be a negative thing because if nothing changes, it means that we call that the status quo. But you know what? What the status quo gives you is time. You buy time with the status quo. You, and if you buy time and you utilise that time well, you get to decide what you want to change. You actually get to have a look around at all those areas and go, you know what, I don't freaking like this, but what can I do to change it? So don't use it as a, you know, a self-bashing tool. It's not a punishment tool. It's for you to observe where am I not meeting my needs right now. Some of them you may not have been aware of and that's going to help you enormously. If you look at them and you think, I know exactly where it is and I just don't want to go there, go back to video one and two. It might help you. So there is a little bit of a checklist to keep in mind, okay? Um, and these are, these are your basic self-care elements. And what we're finding is that some of the basics are going out the window with COVID because people have weighted them differently and they have forgotten just the basics. So basics, get enough sleep. Be surprised at how much, there is so much research that goes into the benefits of getting enough sleep each night. My, some of my clients will know that I have said to them, there is a reason why sleep deprivation is used as torture. It's really efficient. So sleep is a really basic but really important self-care tip. Your other one is exercise. Now, 
you've got two camps in COVID. They're either the people who have never exercised so much in their life that they're now, they now have injuries, or you've got the other lot that just are big couch potatoes and they've done nothing. We want to do everything in balance. But exercise is a really important one because it triggers off a couple of things. One, you're, you're oxygenating your blood. Two, you're, you're triggering all your little happy hormones, which exercise can do. So I'm not saying go out and um, you know do your boxing or whatever. It, it's about increasing your serotonin levels, which will help with your mood. You can choose any form of exercise you like. And, you know, that's important. Keep it simple and keep it realistic. Um, and realise that if, if your exercise is a distraction from something going on, your life, on in your life, just own it. That's okay. And own that and actively look at dealing with that domain while you're doing Pilates. Um, now, one of the tips here was spend enough time with your loved ones. So crazy COVID has probably done a little bit of the opposite to that. We're, we're spending way too much time with our loved ones, but there is life after COVID and it's coming back really quickly. So remember the lessons we've learned during this time. Most of us were burning the candle at both ends and not spending time with loved ones. We, we were spending time with loved ones. Oh my God, I can't speak. But some of it was not consciously enjoyed. It was, you know, we have to be there. But think about the quality time at the moment that hasn't required you to run around to meet up. Keep some of that online contact uh, instead to buy you time at home without the runaround. Okay, this one's a really important one and I want you to incorporate this into your seven day plan. Do at least one relaxing activity every day whether it's taking a walk or spending 30 minutes unwinding. But I've got a couple of clients at the moment who have recently taken to consciously having a cup of tea. And, you know, that is such, that's so good in time. It's a 10-minute or 15-minute exercise. But the rules are in the time it takes to boil the kettle, they can run around like idiots, catch up on everything, put a load of washing on, whatever you do. But once the kettle is boiled, they make the tea and they sit down, whether it's outside in your favourite chair, doesn't matter, until you finished it. No reading, no scrolling, no calling anyone, just sitting there in the moment. Sometimes that 10 minutes is the most recharge they get. Okay. Now the last one, look for opportunities to laugh. We've got to make things fun. Things are really serious at the moment. Have a bit of a laugh and never forget that self-care takes practice. Okay, it takes a lot of practice and we don't always get it right. But we've come to the end of our first topic on self-care. So next week, we are going to look at epic fails and why we fail at self-care. There's some absolute classics in there that you may not see coming. Now, any questions? Do you have any questions tonight? No questions, just balancing the eight areas is the key. That's exactly right. And I think being aware of the eight areas is going to help a lot of people who have been asking me for uh, information about self-care because I think they've just um, not realised where they've been placing some of their self-care. So a lot of our self-care is often placed socially with our friends. And whilst that's great, 
it's, it becomes this issue. You take something away and how, what does that leave you? If it leaves you feeling less than, then your self-care is not actually on point because it shouldn't matter what comes in or out, you can still maintain who you are most of the time. I mean, you know, when you get hit with a big shit stick, that's going to knock you. But most of the time, you can manage yourself if you balance those all out. All right? So good luck. Have a go. Let me know. Next week's Epic Fails is funny because, you know, I've failed in a lot of them. Um, and we'll have a look at some of the tips to success. So I, I think you might figure out by now I'm not going to give you uh, a list of, you know, things to do, 10 things to do for self-care. You can Google that shit. Um, it's, I'm going to be talking about the underlying things that will contribute or detract from someone maintaining self-care, all right? But you will really enjoy week four because there is a special guest.